comics table, and it's a Mexican theme tonight. We've got a big bowl of guacamole in front of us. Uh, Tristan, I can't believe you're going to eat all those chips. I love my beans and chips. Don't eat those chips. I'm going to eat all those chips because I love my chips. I'm going to eat them all. Chips are not podcast conducive. Oh, I don't care. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the comics table. We got a guest on the elevator. This is exciting. Oh, yeah. I love it when they're coming on up. Texting the guest. Come on, on up. Elevator. We're like, fuck you. We're starting. Yeah, we hit record. This plane takes off, and there's no stopping us until we crash land. Oh, my God. I've been on a bus all day. I've been on the mic all day. This is like my Mic'ing seventh up. hour on a microphone. And you've never looked sexier, Patrick. Oh, man. I look like a pile of shit. What are you talking about? I didn't shower today, either. Oh, even better. I went to go host on a tour bus. Love for... that sexy stink coming off you. Yeah, it does stink. I'm, I'm, I, my breath is probably horrible. I've been eating, like, garbage all day. Uh, but I'm at the comics table with my dear friend, Tristan Smith. I love you, man. I love you, too, buddy. This is a great show. It is. I enjoy it. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you at the next one. Oh, goodbye. Goodbye. Turn it off. (laughs) Uh, No, we do have an excellent guest. He'll be walking in the room any minute. So This is our last podcast of the year. Oh, my God. 2017. What a year. What a year. Yeah. He's uh, here, baby. He's coming in the room. Uh, we'll 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 introduce you to yeah. him in a second. We're gonna bullshit you know, he's for gotta, just a minute, and then he's got to he's got to take his backpack off. Yeah. He's got a he's got a jacket with fur. He's got his winter coat because he's back from L.A. He's back from yeah. He looks like he's about to start a rap battle. Really up yeah. in here, so yeah. we're just gonna we're gonna let him get situated. There's, there's a coat hook there's right a coat outside hook, the room too. But he's gonna wanna... hang it on the he's gonna hang to... it on the curtain on the on the door. Oh man, that's that looks like a nice coat. You want to close it all the way because there's people singing opera. We're 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 at Ripley yeah. Greer. People are singing opera outside. Yeah. It's uh, Tamara. This chaos. is Tristan Smith. Great to see you, bro. We've met, we've met we've met. Oh yes, yes. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, we'll we'll meet again. We'll meet yeah. again here on the on the comics table. Yeah. Why don't we Why don't we introduce him since he's he's right he's here, Patrick? Here. We're coming in hot. I think we got limited time with him, but yes, yeah, Tamara. Tam- 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 hey guys, hey. welcome to the show. I'm so sorry for being late. I'm normally well, much better fuck about you, that. Dude. It's all good, yeah. man. You <laughs> sound just like good. my dad. You make me miss him. Yeah. Oh yeah, that water is totally for you. I think Bill is Santiago it? had one sip out of it. Fuck Bill Santiago. Uh, do you know Bill? No, I don't. He's a West Coast guy, Northern California. I don't like other people uh. from California. <laughs> yeah. I'm like a dog in a dog park. He I stuck bark his dick it. in there, but just the tip. My yeah. favorite. Tip my yeah. favorite. Skinny carrot dicks. Yeah, yeah, and it was for it was a stunt for the podcast. So classic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How uh, you doing, man? You, man? I'm doing yeah. great, man. It's nice to be back. Good to see you guys. Thanks for having me on. How yeah, are absolutely. you adjusting to the New York winter? Ah, winter schminter. It, it cold doesn't bother me at yeah. all. I went to college in Sweden. Oh no! So, yeah, so I'm used to the cold. You're such an international man. A little bit. Yeah, uh, American born Egyptian is no what it says Egyptian like born American. Egyptian born American. Correct. Your shit right, Patrick. Wow. Born in Egypt. <laughs> Educated in, Cairo, in Sweden. Educated in Sweden. Would you, did you go to IKEA College? <laughs> no, I didn't. I went to uh, a college that had a Swedish bikini team. Which does not wow. actually exist. That sounds fantastic. You know what I'm ever su- always surprised about when I meet Egyptian people is the lack of eyeliner. Yeah, um, that's true. Because it's just been it's just been over. <laughs> yeah. Um, Look how long my chin is, though. Oh yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. that's that a pretty long chin. How yeah. long did how, how long did you uh, live in in, in Egypt? Uh, I lived there till I was eight years old. Okay, which is just the right time to get out. Right. Yeah. So you, I mean, so you obviously you're old enough to to. Like clearly remember, one hundred percent. And then if you see that tattoo right there, I I went back. I performed comedy during the revolution, right? And a guy tried to stab me, and I haven't been back since. Wow! Oh, wow! What does the tattoo say? It says uh, eleven to eleven, and then it says Mus, mm-hmm. and Mus is the uh, is Coptic. It's a it's a language. Uh, that the Christians in Egypt try to keep alive the way the Vatican keeps Latin alive. Uh-huh. Right. And because Egyptians, I mean, Egypt was a Christian country before it was Islam. People forget Islam is brand new yeah. compared to other religions. Really? Yeah, it's pretty new. I mean, I, I mean, outside of Mormons in uh, mm-hmm. Scientology, Islam is new. How come I, when I think of it, when I think of the Quran, I just think of it as an ancient thing? Yeah. I guess that's just my own it, ignorance. It, it, I mean, relatively to, 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 relative to our history and knowledge of things it's pretty it's pretty old yeah but ancient yeah. i think means like i think the violence makes it feel older yeah right right Vi- the it's kind of like yeah. aspect of it well it's you like, know it's interesting yeah. there's like there's like egyptian gods and stuff that that uh predate m- all current religions yeah and and some of the themes are 
the like exactly the same. Like there is some kind of Egyptian god that's basically identical to what what Jesus is like like he literally but before Jesus yeah yeah like before Jesus yeah and like literally you know died came back to life hundred like, percent a, a mother was a virgin there was all this stuff that was yeah just the Christian totally like, true this is a really good story Let's yeah just, we're just gonna lift this yeah. baby. you know I was on mushrooms one time <laughs> and I and I got I I at the at peak high yeah I swore I was like Jesus is Johnny Depp uh-huh. he's just this great actor and uh-huh. everybody wanted him in their story. Yeah. So white people were like, "There's only one Johnny Depp." Let's not fuck with him so bad around his birthday, guys. <laughs> no, but no, on, we so. should. Like, <laughs> how do you know that it's Johnny Depp's birthday? Oh, Jesus', Jesus birthday. birthday! What an idiot! <laughs> this is like white people. <laughs> white people were like, "There's only one Johnny Depp, and he's a pirate." And yeah. then Indians are like, no way, gods can't be normal. They got to be weird. There's only one Johnny Depp, and he's got scissors for hands. Uh-huh. And then black people are like, screw both of you. There's only one Johnny Depp. He owns a chocolate factory, and he can't <laughs> get in without gold. That's my least favorite Johnny Depp. Yeah. Right, me too. But it's true. Like I, I just think if there if there was a godson, he was just a great actor that was in a bunch of different stories, and we're all fighting about which yeah. movie was right. When the end of the day, it was just one actor. Yeah, in a bunch of different movies. Yeah, totally. Like I, yeah, I like new Jesus, or no, I like Jesus before he was cool. You know, like uh, yeah, old school yeah. Jesus. Totally. Jesus is old school in general, really. When you think about it. Uh, but Tamar, you uh, you've you've done a ton of stuff. We we we're big fans of you. We Thanks, met you. you guys. I think Thanks. Tristan and I met you around the same time when you first came. Well, to I New think York. the very first time I met you, I was hosting a Laughing Buddha mic. Oh, that's right. And you were on the mic, and then that same night, I was hosting Broadway Late Night, and you were you were the headlining that that particular show. Oh, that's right. I remember that. Yeah, yeah it was fun. Yeah. When when did you get to New York? Because you came from. London or something, right? Yeah. I had such a weird path, man. Like I started in LA and then two years in, I won best new international act at this little competition in in the Edinburgh fringe. Yeah. It was for comics that had been performing two years or less. Uh And then that, that's when I went to London because I got this artist residency. How the hell do they know if you've been performing two years or less? Uh, I just totally lied. I'd been performing <laughs> ten years. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't know. It's a good question. I, I, you know what? Comedy is such an old school art form that, like, it, it feels old school. Like there's this honor system, and yeah. and you and there's almost an apprenticeship in a way that other careers don't have. A bit yeah. of a meritocracy. Yeah, amongst a little bit. peers. I yeah. think. Uh, I think so. Comedy's kind of old school. I think people can tell too. I, I don't think anybody. I think, too, there's a sense of pride in how hard we work, and nobody wants to say that we've been doing it longer than we have yeah. and look like that we haven't been working as hard as we have. Right. Yeah. So then yeah. you just stuck around London? I, w- I went to London. I, ended, I thought I was going to go for one. I stayed for four. Wow. And it was just, I mean, even coming back to New York, you know, a lot of my comic friends in L.A. are like, what are you, stupid? Uh-huh. They're like, people know you here. Yeah. You get shows easy. You're going to New York and you're going to do open mics? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, because I don't believe in networking the way people, other people believe in networking. Mm. I don't want to have an opportunity until I'm so ready that I'm a bright yellow banana with brown spots. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? I want brown spots on me so that when, when people do see me, they go, where the hell has he been? As opposed to people saying, yeah, he's all right. Yeah. 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 In New York, there's plenty of things that can create brown spots on you. Yeah. Uh, just take the subway or uh, the uh, New York City bus system. Yeah. Love an unclean woman. Yeah, yeah, I do. I love unclean women. Uh, yeah, but what about the, like? It seems like you've been performing at the store in L.A. almost yeah. nightly. Yeah. Uh, do you think? Do you think in New York you're just able to get more reps than that? No, I think I wanted to go to New York. Here's the thing: I I think that um, cities influence you. It's like adding ingredients to a soup. Mm. And I think when I first got to London, they told me you better write smarter stuff because you're from America and they're gonna think you're stupid. Ah. Uh. So I'm like, okay, good. London's going to make my writing smarter. And then when I when I got to New York, they're like, you better be more, you better be confident because in New York we think you're pussies. Yeah, yeah. If you're from L.A., so New York will make me more confident. And then when you get to L.A., people go, you better be polished. Yeah. Because this is where TV lives. Mm-hmm. And so it's like each city has this influence, but it's best experienced as an outsider. I want to yeah. have the eyes of an outsider. I want to have the eyes of almost like the eyes of a child. You know, because that's when you see stuff that other people don't see. Yeah. And so I, I like, I love being an outsider. I love being an underdog. I love uh, having people look at me and give me a funny look or dismiss me mm-hmm. and, and having to earn my way. I like blood and sweat and dirt. Yeah. I like that stuff. You're I like wearing it more a than networking. with a boxing glove. So yeah, you my like dad was a boxer. Stuff? I'm I'm a big fan of boxing, uh-huh. and my my dad was a boxer. Not a good dad, but a very good boxer. Uh-huh. And uh, and and I think 
I started, it's funny because I never wanted to box because I never wanted to be like my dad. Uh-huh. And then um, I was doing political comedy during the era of Trump yep. when he was running. And a guy, uh, I got three death threats no uh, while Trump was campaigning. And uh, I said, all right, I better. Where I better. the hell were you doing comedy that people? Oklahoma. Oh, okay. Oklahoma. That sounds about right. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I got to give props to Tulsa because in Tulsa, sweetest people, sweetest town, but Oklahoma City. Really? Twice, two I, out of the three death threats I came in Oklahoma City. I used to go City. to Oklahoma, uh, it, Broken Arrow, which is right next to Tulsa. Sure, I know Broken Arrow. Like almost every summer because my dad uh, that lived there. Yeah. Uh, he, he remarried the second time and... Uh, He's now on his third wife. But back on number two, that was in uh, Oklahoma. So I used to go there. And I had fun on the summers, but I, I went there as an adult and tried to live there. And I I did not have that experience. Mm. That That's great that you did. But I, I remember I like worked at like a Camelot music or some kind of you know thing that doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. Yeah. And, the, and I had like hair down to like, you know, down to my shoulders. And wow. they, they started cutting my hours back until they just I had zero hours. They phased you wow. out. Because I had long hair just working at a fucking hair. music store. Mm. Unbelievable. <laughs> like, I'm so curious like, what form death threats come in uh, in in Oklahoma. Like you're doing live shows at the club, yeah. and then are you getting tweets, or you're literally getting shouted at in the parking lot? Oh, I like, had one guy who ran up to the stage, oh my and god. security grabbed him, and then he started calling the black security guard the N word to his face. Oh my god! And then I learned very quickly not to do jokes about driving a Prius when you're in Oklahoma because it was the only Prius in the parking lot. Uh-huh. And, uh, <laughs> oh no! So and then he threw rocks at my car. Oh shit! It was pretty messed up. And then, um, yeah, he literally ran the stage. Another guy. Uh, well, that just sounds like a fucking drunk nightmare. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You know what happened? To be to be fair, uh, it was fair season. Yeah, and uh, a lot of people were out at the fairs. And Oklahoma's known Oklahoma's known for their thunderstorms. Yeah. And yeah. people were dr- they were day drinking. Uh-huh. Thunderstorms came. They're totally drunk. They're like, well, what do we do? Right. And they're like, comedy show. So they didn't look me up. They yeah. didn't see any of my yeah. any of my stand up. Your headline. This is a headline. I was headlining. Weekend. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, at Looney's, Loo- Looney Bin, uh-huh. yeah, in Oklahoma City, and uh, sweet people, great club owners, you know. But they they know uh, there's a part of their audience. I mean, here's the thing: I, I, I there's this great Sam Kinison quote where he said, "It doesn't matter if um, everybody in the room likes you. Mm-hmm. What matters is if ten percent of the room fucking loves you." Uh, and that night, ten percent of the room fucking loved me. Nice, you know. They they stood up and they cheered as twelve people walked out, and another six tried to rush the stage yeah but they they came and they thanked me in a way that i've never been thanked uh-huh. they're like they needed to hear this thank you so much for yeah. saying that you know there, there's no every place has its good and bad people yeah. certain places they just they're just more emboldened to be loud yeah and, and i called them out on it i go wow oklahoma city is terrified of an arab in a town where the only terrorist activity was done by a white man in the military yes, yes. Like, give me a fucking yeah. break yeah you know, and they didn't like that at all. Yeah. They don't like truth. Well, the Oklahoma City bombing was done by a white guy. That's right. Yeah, that's that's what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. That's yeah. one of the worst uh, bombings that we... 100%. You know, yeah. Absolutely. Well, let's take a quick second, though, because this is a podcast, so people hear your speaking voice. You come across <laughs> as almost L.A. surfer guy sure. or something. I don't know. But, yeah, you're an Arab. Is that how you... Yeah, I got a, a Muslim dad, a Jewish mom. I was born in Cairo. Um, grew up in East L.A. in a very Mexican neighborhood uh-huh. um, in, in the height of the... Uh, Bloods and Crips. Did you move just from like right from Egypt to LA? Is that what happened? Yeah, my dad moved first Uh and for almost three years he had to raise money. And I remember my mom used to trace my hand in letters to show him how much I'd grown. Wow. You know, we didn't have so the internet. So your dad were here first. And my dad was here first. Secret. No, my, my dad was first. Oh, and then see. my mom and and I came gotcha. second. And I think that's when my dad and I disconnected. Like yeah. he, he stopped being a, when I got to America, I looked at him. I'm like, I don't even know who that is. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, uh, eight, that's a, that's a crucial old. time. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. It was, uh, you know how they say animals, um, well, well what do they do? Uh, imprint. Yeah. On another animal, when you see like a Labrador retriever raising kittens or raising a blind goat, uh, that that imprinting that animals do on animals that they're not supposed to imprint with, you can also de-imprint. Yeah, yeah. And that's what happened to my, uh, me and my dad. Like I, yeah. I didn't, I lost my dad when I was as soon as we got to America. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's but it's interesting that you uh, celebrate him with your necklace, the boxing glove. Sure, is that a part of becoming a mature adult man? Is like being able to have both feelings. Toward Absolutely, your dad? yeah. Like I, you know, I used to always joke around. I'd say like my dad. I'm not mad at my dad anymore because I know that my dad used to be uh, really physically abusive and emotionally abusive, and and I'm not mad at him anymore because you know through therapy I understand that he was abused too. Yeah, and the guy that abused him was like a vampire, uh-huh. and he bit him. 
and he turned him into a vampire. And then my dad bit me. Yeah. And thankfully, because I was in a society where therapy was accepted, I can be like one of the vampires on Twilight. Yes. You know, like I can still have a girlfriend. I can go out in the sunlight for a little bit, yeah. you know, um, but I, he, he's I noticed you, you twinkle. I do. Yeah. You sparkle. Yeah, I, I do. <laughs> I also just came back from a strip bar. Oh, that's right. that's what it is. Yeah. So yeah, so I, I've embraced the fact that I'm, I'm a part of him and I've always wanted a box. I've always been a natural. Uh, I, my dad was a natural boxer. I'm a natural boxer. I just pushed it away. And then I learned, uh, I don't want to be an angry person. Yeah. Are your you know, parents still married? He passed away 10 years ago. Oh, he passed away. Yeah, but my... Um, they were married until he passed away? It's the weirdest thing, man. He was the best husband mm-hmm. and the worst dad. Mm. You know, and it's so weird. I'm going to ask you a really weird question. Sure. I have dad issues myself, right? Mm. My dad, uh, my parents got divorced from when I was four, and my dad moved across the country, and I didn't see him. I the first time, I think the first time I remember seeing him again was when I was seven, wow. and I flew to L, uh, Las Vegas, where he was where he was living. So I can kind of identify with that, like, and he was so such an important part of my life. Sure. You know? And and there's a lot of anger and bitterness I had growing up, like with him not being there. Yeah. And I don't know if you experienced that, but um, it, and this is a weird question, but like in, in the fact that your dad passed away, yeah, is there some aspect of that 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 maybe has you look at him in a different light because? You know, it's like you kind of immortalize people when, when they're not here, that kind 100%. of thing. Yeah. Well, I, you know, it's funny. I, I don't know if immortalized is the right word. Right. But I think I've learned to empathize. Sure. I sure. think I always looked at my dad as a predator. Yeah. And a mean person who would, who would you know, hit me with, I mean, my dad blacked my eyes. Mm. You know, he punched me with a closed fist before when I was 12. Yeah. And so I thought he was just a bad person. And right. then the older I got, the more I realized that he was a victim too. And so I don't I don't look at him as a predator anymore. I look at him as a victim, and that was the the best thing that could have happened to me, is because once I looked at him as a victim, I I I realized that I wasn't a victim anymore. Mm. You know, like it was, and I knew that I could break the cycle. And you know, I I'm 47, man, and I've I've never had a relationship last more than a year, and I never knew why, and and now I know, mm. is because I you know if you did anything wrong in front of that cat. It was over. Any little mistake I made, he's like, you're not my son. Mm. So anytime a girl would make, I'd make a mistake with a girl, I'd say, I quit before they said you're fired. Yeah. Right. And and so it wasn't until recently until I met like this amazing woman who was just like, I know what you're doing and this is what you're doing. Wow. And, and you're, you're turning small things into big things. And, and she had the, the confidence and maturity in herself to just look at me and, and instead of fight me back, she just didn't fight. And she just looked at me and goes, you're being mean yeah and that word used to oh that when someone calls me mean it, it just like it opened oh, it up it right? kills like, me yeah it kills me and, and it, especially when you look at the way i look why would it kill a guy who's got flames tattooed on his arms and a demon it doesn't make any sense right. yeah but it, but it does in the sense that i used to say sometimes uh sometimes in nature um animals dress themselves up to look aggressive in order to be defensive right like these aren't the teeth of a shark they're the spines of a blowfish yeah yeah. and she recognized that and and you know she really helped me evolve you know and 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 it made me enjoy life and this is the current relationship yeah yeah. and how how long you going now not very long to be honest it's only been a few months yeah but um amazing woman it doesn't take that how about the therapeutic process have you been getting help for a long time yeah, only because I was trying a lot of different things on. Yeah. You know, like a lot of people are like, oh, AA and NA is the way. Mm-hmm. It could be, yeah. unless you're a comic right. and they give you an audience. Right. Right. <laughs> and the yes. last thing comics oh, wanted, you know what I mean? And then when you're a comic and you got an audience, what do you want to be? You want to be liked. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't, t- I told them my, the best version of my truth. Yeah. And then I met a, a great therapist in LA who um who knew comics. Yeah. He specialized in comics. Oh, interesting. And he called me out on my shit and he was smarter than I was and uh and he could just tell yeah. when I was lying. And so I stopped lying and and he made me feel like no matter what I said that would he would not uh judge me, yeah. which yeah. was the opposite yeah. of the environment I yeah. grew up in with my dad. Right. And uh and that that changed the way I I talked and it changed the way that I thought of things and it thought it changed the way that I categorized things in my own head. Yeah. So yeah. you've met a lot of comics over the years. Sure. How, do do you think comics uh in general would benefit from seeing a therapist? Hell yeah, man. Absolutely. Not because I think I, I think comics are good people, you know. We're we're just like 
we're inside out strippers, you know, uh-huh. like we're willing to show things that other people won't show, yeah. you know, to, to get some applause, yeah. you know, and like, I, here's my uvula. Yeah. Here's, <laughs> here's a nipple. And it's yeah. a story about you masturbating, yes. you know? Yeah. And other people are like, I would never say that in right. public. Right. Right. And I think it's just, um, I love comics. I, yeah. I love comics. I'll always love comics. And I think the day that I recognize that, l- listen, when you grow up as a, here's what happens. When you have a Muslim dad and a Jewish mom. According to Judaism, if your mom's a Jew, you're a Jew. Uh-huh. But what a lot of people don't know is according to Islam, if your dad's a Muslim, you're a Muslim. Uh. So I'm a human loophole. Uh-huh. And all my life I've been told where I do and don't belong. Yeah. And I never belonged anywhere. Americans were like, you're not American enough. You weren't born here. Egyptians were like, you're not a real Egyptian. You didn't grow up here. Yeah. Muslims and Jews were telling me I wasn't a real one of those. And then I, go, and then I saw comics and I go... That's my tribe. Yeah, yeah. That's what I am. Yeah. You it's can misfits. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm a. I'm. We're united by being ununited. Uh huh. You know. And so for me, like when I think of comics, I think of not my given family, but my chosen family. Sure. And that. That's why. That's when I. I went. Yeah. I'm totally gonna make it in comedy because mm-hmm. I'm never gonna fucking quit. Mm. I'm never yeah. going to quit because this is my family. You can't, you, you can tell me I'm not good enough at this or good enough at that, but you can't take me away from my family. Yeah. I will, f- you can't take my mom away. Taking comedy away from me is like saying, I'm going to take your mom away from you. Uh-huh. I will fight you tooth and nail till yeah. the last drop of blood falls out of my body. And now that I've gotten that kind of perspective on comedy, I know I'm going to make it. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Well, that's powerful, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's exciting. It's, it, it, it is exciting to hear it verbalized like that because, yeah, chosen family is this idea that I've heard a lot in, in recovery, uh, yeah. going to meetings and things like that. And people talk about, you know, finding, going where it's warm, finding people you can relate to, uh, finding people you really connect with. Even if it's not your real family, you can, it, I mean, that's, you hear people talk about that in the, in the drag scene, the whole yeah. concept of, having a drag a mom, mother yeah. and the, the house and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so it's really cool. How did that happen though? Cause I know you've got, you've got quite a story. I know there was, was there, did you do time somewhere? Were you ever, I went to a juvenile hall. Yeah. Is that what yeah. that was? Yeah. yeah. And I've heard you do bits about that. I think. Yeah. I, I might be confusing things. Yeah. I might also, maybe your tattoos are, uh, <laughs> I, I think I did like a, one of my sets was I, I, I don't want to go to therapy. My, the police made me go. Right, right, right. Yeah. I remember. I, I think I've seen that bit. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 how did that? Ha- so, were things so rough at home uh, with dad and things like that that you were acting out in different ways? I just, it's really funny. It's like sometimes, as as much as you, even when you hate somebody, you still want to be like him. Mm-hmm. Like I used to always joke that my family's definition of warmth was feet in the oven and a head in the freezer. Uh-huh. And my my mom would overlove me and my dad would overdiscipline me. Mm-hmm. And my mom would just give me all the love in the world. And for some reason, all I cared about was my dad. Yeah. Like how come he didn't love that's me? Like well, it's like the, the audience economy. member. That's human yeah. nature yeah. though. Like you, you want, you know, you always like, like in a relationship, like people who run after someone who clearly doesn't want them, but then some, oh, you're smothering me. It's like, yeah, it's, it's so, so weird. It's so weird. Or right? when you yeah. see that one audience member not reacting to you. Right. Well, yeah. of course. Like, I want that person. Yeah. Cause yeah. you're like, everybody else likes me, but you. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I wanted to be you. like him. <laughs> yeah. I wanted, and when I was aggressive, I was being like him. Yeah, yeah. I was like, he didn't, he didn't believe in showing weakness. I don't think I ever saw him cry. Yeah. I, I didn't even cry at his funeral, uh, and I wanted, to, I felt ashamed. Yeah, people, I felt like people looking at me and giving me this weird look. Like, yeah. how come he's not crying? Yeah, bless you. It was really strange. Yeah, and then I had this really weird moment where, like, two years later, I was in the Edinburgh Fringe, and I heard and a guy went up to me and goes, "Hey, man, did you hear Robin Williams died?" Mm. And I went, "What?" And I go, are you kidding? And he goes, no, serious. And he goes, hey, we're going to go to this bar. And I go, I'll meet you there in a little bit. And I walked into a bathroom and I just cried yeah. for like an hour. Wow. It was, I was scared. Like I thought I was going to hyperventilate. I, I, I was close to calling, uh, nine, I think it was 999 in the UK instead of 911. Yeah. I wonder, <laughs> crazy. do you think you were letting out emotion that didn't come out when your dad died yeah. or was it something separate? It, that moment, uh, it was like a rebirth. Like I didn't realize all this time I was looking for a father in my dad's face and I had a father inside a TV set. Mm-hmm. I was an only child and I, I looked at Robin Williams like a dad. Wow. Did, you, did you have any um, other dad figures in your life uh, in terms of like people that were, you know, like physically around that kind of thing? You know, um, it's so funny that you say that because like one of course, Robin Williams was really big for me, especially with Mork and Mindy. Yeah. Like I, I, he was an alien on earth and I felt like an alien in America. And yeah. so like, I, I really, he was just love, mm. you know, his energy was so loving. But the really crazy thing is, um, 
I'd go through these breakups and people would be like, oh man, I'm really sorry that this must be really hard. And I almost mourned the loss of a girl's father more than I did the girl. Mm. Like I, I would, I, I, I would meet these girls and then I'd meet these great fathers that they had. And I, I would really, it was really important for me to, to have those dads like, like me. And, You're like, uh, okay, date night, movies, Friday night, eight o'clock. All right, I'll come at seven so I can hang out with your dad. With your dad, bit. exactly. <laughs> maybe, maybe we could toss the football yeah, man. before we go out. Yeah, I used to joke that like the, the reason why Bill Cosby was so painful for me mm. is because I used Bill Cosby like a dad. Stand in. Well, yeah. I mean, that, that, I think that's, pretty that's fairly ubiquitous and right? a lot of people i agree because he was you know he was a father an, an figure. Icon, a father figure and an icon in on so many levels yeah absolutely and, it, and it, that i think people should i'm surprised they don't talk about that more it's not just that he was this creepy horrible fucking rapist criminal it's that he was perceived as a father mm. and then he was this creepy yeah horrible rapist criminal yeah that's yeah, the so part that was so the, devastating. That's where the heartbreak is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I felt like a hermit crab, you know, that put an empty pudding cup on my back yeah. and it was full of roofies. Yeah. Terrible. That's an image. Uh, that, that could be cover <laughs> art for your next album. <laughs> an empty pudding cup with Bill yeah. Cosby's face in there. Uh, so now I'm curious. So you you do TV writing, right? Are, are you right? What, yeah. what are you working on? Uh, well, right now days? I'm re- actually writing for a podcast. Oh, cool. It's a podcast that was started by the uh, people at TED uh-huh. uh, and uh, NPR. It's cool. it's called Masters of Scale. And it's, uh, it's uh, Reed Hoffman, who's one of the founders of LinkedIn. He was part of the PayPal Mafia. And uh, basically, they found a way to take a business podcast about startup culture um, and find a way to make it fun. Cool. So, like, think of uh, Silicon Valley, the TV show, and, and it's an audio version. Um, it's intellectually challenging in the sense that you have to really, really understand the business problem before you make it funny. Yeah. Um, so that's what I'm doing during the day. And then at, at night, just um, writing and grinding as much as I can because I've got um, a big tv thing coming up in february cool um that i i gotta be ready for without yeah. and and tv ready cool. is that under wraps for now uh no it's it's it's, it's america's got talent it's oh, cool. um it's it's under it's under wraps but um uh they're gonna do a little profile my mom and i oh very cool it's not that under wraps yeah cool well i ask about what the day job stuff is because you were also on true tv's comedy yeah. knockout did you yeah you won right yeah i won yeah. my episode yeah yeah so like I'm just curious, like, because outside, I mean, comedians know that a lot of our comedy comes from darkness. But, like, what you, we've talked about so far, there's some bleak stuff in there. There's some dark stuff. There's some major challenges. But then to go into a TV writer's room as this guy with all these experiences, do you do you ever have to hide that stuff? Or or does that ever come into your writing when you're writing for, you know, when you're comedy knockout, I assume, you know, uh, dad used to give me black eyes. Doesn't doesn't, you know. <laughs> sure come across as like the big laugh stuff yeah. uh you, you know what's funny i was thinking about this the other day because i heard the new foo fighters album mm-hmm. and there's some great music on there and i'm like yeah i feel like david Grohl. like david Grohl started with nirvana and talk about dark songs yeah. right yeah. like my like, grand grandma didn't know grandma didn't know but his mm-hmm. grandfather raping him mm-hmm. and then what happens with foo fighters when they come out after kurt dies all their music was so happy yeah like even their first music video looked like a mentos commercial uh-huh. remember right. yeah. and so i i feel like I know, the very first album that the very first album that 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 foo fighters put out which i think was like almost all david Grohl. i think he did yeah. every uh, every instrument yeah. all the vocals on it like that one was pretty moody yeah but then right. i think it was like the one with everlong and all, that was where it got really like yeah like up yeah, but poppy. also, also, even if like that music video they had that was like kind of a weird nightmare, like yeah. I think that was Everlong or like one of those other. Um, so it was it was definitely more poppy and upbeat, but there was also like a, an edge of like, you know, yeah, like, he still had it. Yeah, it took him time, an uncomfortable edge. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, the residue was still on yeah. him from Kurt. Yeah, but I think it, and and it, and there's nothing wrong with the dark stuff. I love the dark stuff, and I'm really glad to have it. Yeah, but I'm glad that there's more crayons in my box now. Mm, yeah. I, I'm told I'm confident enough to be a happy comic now yeah and i think when i started calm down i was like no i gotta be dark yeah i got all my movies have to be black and white i gotta I be moody yeah. and french dude i can absolutely relate to that I, because like for me it was like i always find the really dark stuff to be funny like i yeah. love it if it like borderline or even shocks like it shocks you or borderline shocks you yeah. while you're laughing because i think that like punches up the laugh yeah and and also it's like it's like therapy it's like oh i can't make any progress in here unless I'm talking about the bad stuff. Yeah. But 
I think I think if you can get to the spot where you're like, no, I can have a life full of joy and still, uh, you know, make it funny. Well, yeah, I want to I want to see your comedy and how it's going, being fully in love. Yeah, uh, with yeah. this gal. That Me sounds too. so exciting on a personal level. It's like great. That's so awesome. Tamer found this the woman. Squishy, he's psyched about the squishy. Yeah. Cup, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, what happens if uh, what happens if you're too happy? You well, know? you know what's funny? I'm finding the darkness in the love. Yeah, like I'm yeah. like, oh, you guys, all this time. I've been waiting to fall in love. Now this chick won't stop telling me what to do. Uh-huh. This is terrible. Uh-huh. Like, like, yeah. Like, yeah. So there's definitely, I mean, I've Is found, she on this coast? No, she's going to be. Oh, cool. We're moving in together. Congrats. That's Thanks great. a lot. Yeah, Thanks, it's man. a big step, but I'm really excited about it. She's great. a great girl, super funny, big comedy fan. She gets the lifestyle. She totally gets the lifestyle. That's and like, great. I mean, I've dated girls before that didn't want to come to shows. Yeah. And this is a girl that's just like, I'm like, oh, don't come tonight. It's just a workout. Is she giving you tags yet? Not yet, but she's giving me inspiration for premises, which I like more. Good. Yeah, tags. I don't like when people give me tags. Right, right. But I like when people make me think deeper about a premise, yeah. you know? Yeah. And she's like that. She's. It's so funny. She's so hot. She makes me look like a bad person. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because she's so deep and thoughtful and interesting and turns me on to like books and podcasts and film. But she doesn't look like she's the type of person that would do that. Yeah. Because well, she's so hot. You struck yeah. gold, man. That's, I did. Like, that's what you that's I did. What you want. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just yeah, looking at you talk about her, you're a tattooed guy that suddenly just turned into a teddy bear. It's adorable. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> well, teddy bears are still bears. That's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yes. Uh, so what, 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 what's really got you psyched up about being in New York again? It's, I like when things are hard. Yeah. I like I like what it does in my comedy. I've gotten to a point where I'm lucky that I have a day job that um I think when I first started comedy I just wanted to work on comedy. That's it. Yeah. And that's like being a boxer and only wanting to box. And then what I found is that if I do something else that, that puts that that's really rigorous on my brain, it's as if I'm a boxer but now I'm lifting weights yeah. as well. And if you do the lifting weights, if you do the lifting weights part of your workout properly, you could actually become a better boxer. Mm, So I think I found something that's intellectually really challenging. I fail constantly at this job. Mm. Everyone is smarter than me, smarter than me. Mm -hmm. Um, Everyone has eyes on my writing. It's really, really critical. Every word, every comma, every space, every breath and is nerve wracking. Uh, But it all, then when I go back and I'm writing alone, there's an extra level of rigor. Yeah, yeah that's but what a in perfect my thing to have in tandem with comedy because you I could, agree. if you have a day job where you're just like a bartender, which a lot of comedians do, that obviously is not conducive. Agreed. To, you know, but, but but that is just such a great matchup. Absolutely, yeah. it's like being a an MMA fighter who then goes and runs marathons. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what you want. Mm-hmm. You yeah. want to be able to if you can run for days, you can punch for days. Yeah, and I I wanted I I wanted this job because I knew it was going to make me stretch. I'm I'm riding on my tippy toes with these guys. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and they say a lot of times, like, uh, you don't want to be in a room where you're the smartest person in the room. I'm the dumbest person in the room by far. Yeah, and it's kind of good to have that pressure to keep up. Yeah, that sounds intimidating. Tech people, TED Talks, LinkedIn, PayPal Mafia. I didn't even, I've never heard that phrase before, but (laughs) that sounds scary to me. Dude, he and Uh, Elon Musk and a couple other guys started it together. He's a billionaire. This guy must be a billionaire. He is a billionaire. Yeah. Three times over. Well, I hope he's paying you properly. <laughs> uh, well, I do want to let you know it's eight thirty right now. I know you might have a. Game. Oh, we can go. A few, we can go. Right, like, cool. Uh, I I can leave it at eight forty. Okay. Cool. Sorry for being late. Yeah. No. It's we were running late anyway. It's all good. We're you're our last episode of two thousand seventeen. Oh, cool. oh wow! Right on. I'm yeah. honored. This was quite a year uh, for all of us in different ways. How how was two thousand seventeen? Uh, what what were the big victories or or failures or challenges? This was like a, a year to like. Just hold on, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I'll be honest, man. I think a lot of people don't talk about jealousy mm. in our industry as openly as we should. But um, this was one of the, you know, I, I had a lot of success really early on. Mm-hmm. I, I won Best New International Act at one of the biggest comedy festivals in the world. And then I won the World Series of Comedy. And, and then it just stopped. Yeah. You know, and then True TV was like really into me. They All their development execs were coming to my shows. And What is True TV developing over there like what oh man they're they're doing some really great stuff i mean they've done billy on the street they took it over from funny or die and uh-huh. and built it bigger um adam ruins everything is for amazing all I, all I knew about them for a while was that they would have all the forensic files on there yeah, yeah. that's how it started <laughs> i fall asleep that's how it started you're right files. oh i love forensic yeah. files what a yeah. weird way to fall asleep that's crazy. yeah weird odd. dreams i bet i watched no? three of them last night 
Do you, do you ever have creepy dreams? No, it's Peter Thomas's narration puts me to sleep. <laughs> uh, rest in peace, Peter Thomas. By the way, passed away two years ago. Oh. Wow. Anyway, did, did he just record? Did he record like ten years of them and they're just like releasing them? Slowly? Well, they ha- Netflix has like yeah, like nine seasons yeah. worth. Wow. But yeah, they have Hack My Life, which is the that's my, I get I use True TV as my credit because I was on an episode of that running around with a birthday cake with. That's my wife. right, I remember uh, that. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's. I, you know, it's not Comedy Central, but there's lots of work for comics. There's on lots that of channel. work. There's lots of freedom. The people there are really good people. They're really nice. They really care about comedy. Yeah. Um. And and you know and they but they they really care about comedy. They're going to give you a chance, but you 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 got to be ready. Yeah. You got to be ready, and you got to put in rigor. And they they're aiming to to be the best they can be. So let me ask yeah. you something like how how um what was your entryway? Because it sounds like you know like doing a lot of festivals. And and you know the true TV stuff. Like, what was your what was your avenue into getting into these things? Because like I think you know I'm always trying to get uh, information for myself selfishly, but also for people that are listening that sure. might want to know like how they can take things to the next level, how they can how sure. they can get themselves into festivals, or how how they can get opportunities like that. Yeah, I mean, I it's funny because a lot of people are like, oh, I didn't, I never went into festivals wanting to win. And I, that's never been my goal. Mm-hmm. As a, I've been shocked that I've won because I've done things that should have made me lose a festival. Yeah, like I, World Series of Comedy, for example. They said you don't have to change your set because if you win this festival, you get a year of feature work. Wow. So just do a great twenty-five minute set. But the way I figured it is, I'm like, okay, I did pretty well. I'm in the I'm in the top three now. These other two guys have been doing it longer than I have. So, but I'm in front of all these bookers and all these club owners that have never met me. So why not do a different twenty? So and that's what I did, and I got lucky because that different twenty, oddly enough, a political twenty in Las Vegas, worked. Nice. I had a bunch of you know Republicans laughing at Trump. That's great. And it was it was pretty shocking, but it but it worked. So I got lucky. It wasn't strategic. But um, what ended up happening is I met um, – there was one production person, a person who worked at a production company who was an EP, executive producer, on some not reality but partially scripted reality shows. He saw me and liked me and felt like my comedy um, could be something that would be crafted into sitcom pretty mm, easily. Right. Uh, we started writing together, and uh, once we got something, we got to a point where he felt like the script was a pretty good package – um, we went out and, and, and started shopping it to networks, but we also went to his production company and they liked it so much that they invested in a, um, in a sizzle reel. And that sizzle reel was sent out to all the networks and sizzle. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and that's, that's how true TV came. Uh-huh. And then a couple other people, you know, true TV came, um, IFC came a couple other development executives. Well, I I've heard a lot of instances. Well, not a lot, but I've heard instances of people that have found success by doing something like that, by yeah. being part of a festival or some other thing and doing really well because they work really hard. They have really good work, that kind of stuff. And then yeah. people see that and that, that takes off in a one, a kind of a domino effect. Yeah. But what, what was the, what was the uh, avenue into getting, doing that, that in the first place, like doing yeah. the world series? Uh, oh, I, I just said, I had just come back from London. Yep. So I didn't look at the festival as a way to to win. Yeah. I looked at the festival as a way for club owners and bookers to see me that don't know me mm. to get to see me instead of seeing a videotape of did me. Did you just did you just have to apply? Is that the thing? Yeah. Did you have to send in a tape? I sent in a tape yeah. just to get into the competition. Right. Mm-hmm. But once my tape was good enough to get into competition, then I was like, I have the advantage now that if I email these bookers in the future, they're going to be like, "Oh, I saw that guy live." Yeah. Yeah. And that's what makes all the difference in the world. Even when I'm, even when I'm looking for shows, man, like I, I try to make sure that I, I go and watch shows. I don't ever want to stop being a fan. I want to be a comic the way Quentin Tarantino is a director. Mm. He stayed a fan of film. Yeah. I want to be a fan of comedy. I don't want to be a guy that's burned out on comedy. Yeah. So I want to, if I love a show and I want to be on a show, I'm going to go watch it first. Yeah. And I'm going to meet the booker face to face first. I don't want to send a blind tape. Some people may think that's stupid, and maybe it is. But for me, it's it's the thing that's that's worked. Well, I mean, it, 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 there's a there's an extra connection. These guys get so much content yeah. that you know they don't even know what to do with it. It just differentiates yeah, you, right? Absolutely. Like, like Lev Fur is a 20 year old kid in New York, right? Mm-hmm. And and uh, I, I can't I can't speak more highly of this kid. He's 20 years old. He's turning 21 tomorrow. Mm. For the last three years, he's he made a short film. And he's basically like, I want to make a, no one's ever made a time capsule, time capsule 
of a comic's life. Mm-hmm. And so he wanted, he started filming every year of comedy and he made this incredible short film, you know, and it's like, now he's got this amazing piece of content that he puts out there. And when you look at what everybody else sends to bookers and he's got this piece of content that he's been working on for three years versus, Oh, I just caught one great night. Right. Yeah. It stands out. Yeah. And instead of waiting for networks to, to point at him or, or platforms, he made something that's so great that a platform, that a, a network or a platform could just look at it and be like, let's just use that. Yeah. And what I mean by platform is, you know, I grew, I started in advertising for 20 years. I worked in advertising and before there were networks to worry about, but now Red Bull is a network. Yeah. yeah. You know, like Julie, Juliet Lewis put out a documentary on Red Bull films, yeah. you know, um, Uber just hired Spike Lee to make, um, um, Uber presents yeah. films in different cities around the country. So all these brands now are, are starting to understand that they no longer, advertising doesn't work anymore. Right. Right. Like it, there's this really great quote where it said advertising is a tax that has become, uh, advertising has become a tax that only poor people pay. Mm. Like if you want to stream music without ads, there's a small fee for that on yeah. Spotify. You watch TV shows without ads, small fee for that yeah. on Hulu. You buy a pricey iPhone, Ad blockers come standard. So if you have money to spend, you're not watching advertising. Right. So now these brands are starting to figure out, we can't interrupt entertainment. We have to become entertainment. So now they're starting to launch. Pepsi, a lot of people don't know this, Pepsi has a multi-million dollar studio in the meatpacking district. Hmm. Like, And it's empty. Yeah. They don't know what to do with it yet. Interesting. So there's there's brands like that, like Pepsi, um, uh, LVMH, Louis Vuitton, Mm -hmm. uh, Moet Hennessy, luxury brands. All these brands that are, it's just starting to build and bubble. So while before there was the heyday of comedy in the 80s where the networks were going crazy, I think this golden age of comedy is going to be insane. Interesting. Because there's so many more platforms. They need creators and writers and actors. We're going to be miniature famous versus famous famous. Like instead of the big bottle at the bar, we're going to be the big bottle, the little bottle in the hotel room. Uh But we're still a bottle of booze. Right, right. That sounds promising. Yeah, I, I think it's a good time for us. It's but a really yeah, good time. What you're saying about Lev is like, if you want to do something, you just create it Make for it. yourself. Just That's right. Do it. That's the yeah. point about all these. There's so many platforms now. Instead of waiting for them to tap you on the shoulder and go, hey, how about we make this thing? And let's be honest. They are not on the front lines. Yeah. We are. Yeah. We. You want to know who knows most about audiences? It's us. Mm-hmm. Because we've got the scars on our bodies for yeah. being the front lines of the wars. TV execs don't know as much as we do, yeah. but they'll never admit that. We're getting nightly, we're nightly focus grouping. Absolutely. <laughs> so if, if you rely too heavily on them creating content for you, it's not going to be something you love. Yeah. You, you, the more, the bigger percentage of your creation that's yours and the smaller percentage of it being theirs, the more successful it's going to be. Yeah. So how did you come from advertising, which is such a cutthroat business? It's a business, right? And you're a sharp guy. And the way you just spoke, you sounded more like an ad exec uh, sharing knowledge. Sure. How do you, how did you, how are you able to bridge the gap from like, uh, like, like cutthroat industry to like comedy, which is such a cutthroat industry? (laughs) Well, well, but it's an art, there's an art to it. And there's like something, I think, you you know what, there's an, I got, I got to cut in here. There is an art to to advertising. I sure, worked in advertising yeah. for a long time and there there's incredible thought and innovation Absolutely. that goes into yeah. trying to attract Absolutely. people. It's and, word economy right. to an now, audience that's not paying what attention. What did you do in advertising? Were you a I, was, I started as a copywriter, but copywriter? when I got to Sweden, my Swedish was bad, so they made me a strategic planner. Okay. And that was even better for See, me. See, I feel like I feel like there's a lot of actually advertising skills that transfer beautifully over an economy. I totally yeah. agree. Yeah. I totally agree cuz I like when somebody asks me what does a strategic planner do? I tell him the story where I met the, uh, I had a Harley Davidson as a client and he looked at me and he goes, Oh, thank God. I finally have a strategist that rides cause all the tattoos. <laughs> uh-huh. And I go, oh, I, I don't ride motorcycles. And the account guy looks at me like, what the fuck? You're right. And then I'm like, sorry, I don't. And he goes, Oh, great. And I'm like, listen, man, I'm not here to duplicate your skill set. I'm here to compliment your skill set. Mm, yeah. I'm like, you tell me what you make. I'll tell you what you sell. He goes, we make and sell motorcycles. And I go, no, you don't. You make motorcycles. What you sell is freedom. Mm. And then he just goes, he looks at me, he looks at the account guy and he goes, I like this guy. (laughs) And that's what we do with comedy. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, we're not like, yes, we're all comics. Yes, we're all selling. We're all making jokes. 
But not enough of us are thinking about, well, what are we selling? Yeah. Right, right. What's right. the conversation? Yeah. 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 What's the archetype that we stand? What is the archetype that we represent? Because in every story ever told in the history of the world, there's only 13 different personalities. Right, right. There's only 13 different archetypes. So it's up to us to figure out. Finding your voice is a process that because advertising is such an old school um, art form, we think like, oh, you just have to fail your way forward. But you don't have to. You you can you can study a lot of this stuff, and you could you could look at great storytelling and and great comics and deconstruct stuff and 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 work really fucking hard to find your voice. Starting a, the thirteen archetypes is that Jordan Peterson type stuff? Are you into uh, him? Is it the outlaw, the outlaw and the cowboy or something I like that? Yeah, I can't remember, but it sounds familiar. But yeah, that's uh, that's interesting to keep that in mind because yeah, like we are we are trying to just connect on very like caveman level sometimes. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, that's what we're fighting for at the end of the day. We're fighting for the right to carve a picture on the inside of the wall of a pyramid. Mm. These are digital hieroglyphics. And if we get famous, it's our right. It's the same thing as those cats that got to draw the hieroglyphics. Mm. They die, but their words are still there. Mm. And that makes them live. Wow. Powerful stuff. Yeah, man. Well, oh, Tamara, is, we're, of drugs. We're, we're at yeah. your time limit. <laughs> thanks, you I guys. Mean, thanks so much for having me on. Talk, talk a lot longer, yeah. but I understand. You Have me back. Yeah, yeah, we will. Uh, nah. We would love to do that. Um, but yeah, maybe you'll really be good stuff. Really maybe good you'll stuff. be our year-end recap for every every season. Of I the love Comics it. Table. I love it. Recap the year with Tamara. We'll well, I'm, be back plan, in I'm planning roots in New York, so I will be here. Nice. I'll absolutely be good, here, man. Thanks well, for having so me. Had a blast. Thanks for having me uh, back. Yeah, we're going to keep rolling because we're going to recap a couple things. Yeah, uh, right on. Thanks for having me on, and I'll see you guys soon. I'll see yeah, the show soon, and great to see you again. I love the sweatshirt. Thanks, it's very man. Norwegian. <laughs> <laughs> Tamar Katan. Ah, oh, he is the best, isn't he? Great. I mean, that was really. Uh, he's got a lot to say. He's got a. He's got a great work ethic. Yeah, you know, like an attitude. Just an interesting man. He's seen everything. It sounds yeah. like. Uh yeah, I loved I love talking to him. I, I he he got me fired up about just like you know every time somebody comes in and talks about like the big picture of what we're doing as comedians, it always gets me excited. Yeah, I love it, I, and I love. Uh, yeah, I just I mean I think sometimes when you talk about comedy, I mean I'm a person that gets pessimistic real easy, and I love mm-hmm. people that can kind of push the positive angle and push the uh, the fact that it's great and it's all leading to do the thing that you love. I think there's a lot of really depressing ways to look at comedy, but I think uh, at the end of the day, you know, if you're doing it, you're doing it because you love it. Why not? Why not really enjoy it? It doesn't yeah. have to be a slog. It doesn't yeah. have to be a miserable thing. No. And um, it could be fun, especially when you listen to the Comics Table podcast. Yeah, and I got to tell you, this has been a really fun experience for me. We're, we're at the end of our second season here, and um, it's been really great because I've gotten to talk to people that I that I really admire, whose comedy I really admire. Yeah. Um, I think we've had a good mix of folks come in here. We've been really lucky to have some um, really great guests. Yeah. And um, I think we have some great plans uh, looking ahead into 2018, which we want to share with people. Yeah. Um, You know, up until this point, we have been kind of recording these episodes as we can and releasing them as we can. And it's kind of an inconsistent thing. Right. Um, And that just doesn't work for Patrick. I don't think it works for you. <laughs> it doesn't work for me. I don't think no. it works for our audience. But, I don't you think know, it works for iTunes especially ratings. Not. Patrick is a fastidious person, and he's got a fucking mission, people. Uh, yeah, um, well, I don't want to fucking... Uh, I just don't want to deal with your bullshit. I, know. I don't want to deal with bullshit. I don't want to deal with my bullshit. Our audience deserves better. You do. You do deserve better. So what we're going to start doing yeah. in 2018 is we're recording bi-monthly episodes. Yeah. Uh, we're going to release the episode within the week that we create it. Um, so that they're relevant because we had a lot of like milestone moments in culture and yeah. comedy. It and was we, crazy to yeah. hear Mark Norman make that joke about he's like, yeah, I opened for Louie on the road. Uh, eh, who cares? He jerked off on me, but it was great. Uh, and it's like that, that was, was such before. a funny moment. It was before this thing came out, but it, it totally spoke to the fact that that was an open secret in right. comedy. Like we've all everybody's heard the story. But it finally. But that was before he he admitted yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but so yeah, we, we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to get things current, right? Uh, and here's the thing: there are so many people that listen to this podcast that it surprises me. And yeah. a lot of people come up and they and they talk to me. They talk to Patrick. They send us messages on yeah. Facebook, and and I love it. I, 
want to hear more of it. But really, guys, if you love this podcast, uh, please get the word out there. Put it, make get a rating out on yeah, iTunes. Rate us on iTunes. If you're listening on your phone, it's so easy to scroll down and click five stars and then write a couple words. I'm about sorry it. we're asking you to do any work whatsoever. Yeah, it just it helps us uh, feel like this is worth something. Well, and and also it's like it it, it gets the word out to other people. Yeah. It helps us get better guests on here. Um, I thank you to Phil Valentine, yeah. which is like the one guy, our biggest fan. He's given us like a lovely. Uh, a rating on, yeah. on iTunes. That's a year old now, Phil. It's a year. Write another one, buddy. Yeah. But yeah, please, people, uh, Google Play, iTunes, wherever, whatever platform you get this on, we, we try to put them out to as many platforms as we can. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, we'd love to get your feedback officially in the world um, as well as, you know, through through Facebook. But I'm, I'm really happy that people like it. Yeah. And, you know, guys, if you have any feedback at all, like, you know, if you're like, hey, I'd really like to see this or... Whatever. Yeah, if there's somebody you want us to get in here, uh, we'll, we'll try our best. We have a website, comicstable.com. Um, you can contact us uh, through the uh, through the website. I think uh, I think our email, which we don't use that much, is comics.table at gmail.com, I believe. Mm, I didn't even uh, know that existed. It exists. I'm learning a lot about I, this two-year-old podcast. I know. And I've been telling people to throw an envelope out the window. But the reality is we do have ways that you guys can reach out. You can um, contact us. You can talk to us. Um, and and we're gonna also uh, we've been doing a lot of professionals this the, this last half of 2017, yeah. which I which I want to keep doing because I love talking to people who's who are so much further ahead and doing great work. But I also want to keep talking to the people that are entry level, mid level people that are kind of doing what we're doing, yeah, our peers, yeah, where they've been doing it for for two, three, four years, maybe even five or six years. It's still um, it's still something that they're working at. They still have a J job, but they're doing everything they can to kind of be a comedian. We want to we want to talk to those people yeah. because they all have a, a unique story and they're all kind of in the thick of it right now trying to make it work in this environment. And I think that that's really important to keep that dialogue going. Yeah, and I think our listenership is our, our, our peers mostly. Uh, so it'd be cool to like kind of get to know people on a deeper level and uh, expose all their secrets and embarrass them that a little sounds bit. Sounds perverted, Patrick. Uh, also, we have an open mic starting on Thursdays. Hell yeah, we do. Uh, that's going to be the first Thursday of January, January fourth, two thousand eighteen. The V Spot in uh, on St. Mark's Place. Uh, and that's going to be that's going to be every single Thursday. We're doing yeah. that, um, and that's going to be like an evolving. Uh, format, but I think a lot of you are probably familiar with the mic that Patrick and I put together, and that was the impetus for us to do this podcast in the first yeah. place. And it's basically, I'm going to be a jack off, and and Patrick's going to be a, a lovely human being yeah. that remembers I'll everyone's be, name. I'll be super nice to your face, super but nice. Then resent you quietly, right. and in I my will chest. resent you on stage after you've done your set, and then you you can write a sad review on Bad Slava about how I was mean to you, and then I'm going to take that review, and I'm going to read it to everyone on stage and yep. mock you. Yep. Like, I've done that before. That killed for you for, killed. like, two months. Killed. Um, uh, and guess what the name is of the mic, Tristan? The Comics Table. Yeah, so come mic. to the Comics Table mic at V-Spot. Yeah, I'm uh, really excited about it. We've got a lot of great things coming for the, for the new year, and uh, we want you guys to be a part of it. Um. Yeah. Is there anything you're going to leave behind in 2017 when you move forward into 2018? Uh, a, a huge shit. I'm just going to oh, yeah. save a steamer. It up. A steamer. I'm going to like save up everything. Just like a a Tristan Smith classic. What does that mean though? What do you mean leave behind? Like yeah, like anything. Any um. I don't know any anything you're holding on to emotionally or any regrets or. Oh my god! Behaviors. I collect regrets. I don't. I don't let go uh, of them. Yeah. Well, maybe you should let go. I don't know. I can't. Didn't you learn anything from Tamer today? I learned that he's a way better human being than me. Man, he does the work. He does like. the work. Yeah. The guy's fucking thinking about it. I'm talking he's... emotional work, not yeah. not comedy work. I'm just saying it sounds. You know what? Like I'm he's... gonna try to I'm gonna try to leave behind my uh, like if we're talking like I don't do New Year's resolutions, but I'm gonna try to leave behind my lack of organization around comedy. I, I think here, here's a note for the people out there. You know, I've been talking to a lot of comedians and and comedy is great and it's wonderful and it's fun um but there but it's all about work there's yeah. a lot of work that goes into it and it's not just the work of writing 
and the work of performing. It's the work of promoting yourself. Yeah. You, you know, you can't rely on other people to do that for you, and you have to be a one-man promotion machine. So, and staying um, organized, you, you have to be your own archivist. That's also. right. You have to like, and 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 uh, you know, we were hearing that uh, earlier with uh, Bill Santiago talking about, hey, I record every set that I have, mm-hmm. and I listen back to them. You got to do that. You've got to uh, tell the people out there when you got a show, like yeah. put it on Instagram, put it on Facebook, put it on Twitter, like. Let everybody and I'm bad about that. I hate, I hate social media. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I hate doing that. But the fact of the matter is, you have to do it. Um, it. It's it's the only way that you can get forward and you can get people to know about you. There's so much content out there, and if you're not driving it, nobody else is going to drive it for you. So you're 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 leaving behind your unwillingness to do that, and you're. I'm going to do doing my absolute best. Uh, I don't. I, I'm going to say I'm going to do it. There is there is no try. There is only mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. The immortal words of. I don't know. Yeah. Yoda. Well, you've been a victim of my uh my my annoying obsession with my time lately. Uh I don't know if I would but I'm gonna be a victim, even but... more hardcore about it in twenty eighteen. Yeah. yeah. I've just realized there's so much so this comedy stuff is so hard and there's so much that we've got to do and there's yeah. so much energy we have to put into developing our own act and our own voice and our own jokes and material that I just I'm I'm not wasting time anymore. Yeah, and, uh, I can't have conversations with people I've met three times for forty-five minutes in front of the bar because I don't want to be mean. Yeah, uh, I gotta go. I gotta go home to my wife. I gotta live my life. I think it's good uh, to. So- I do think it's good to socialize. I think it's good to meet people and get out there. But you have to do it in reason. Like I can't. Like I, you know, I like to drink when I go out. Yeah. Um, obviously you don't do that, but, um, but I mean, I have to do that after the show's done and I have to keep it limited. Like if I'm going out there and doing the show and I don't drink, but then I drink like six whiskeys after that, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. ruining my productivity the next day. I've just caught myself giving like 40 minute pep talks to people yeah. about random things. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like they maybe asked for it, maybe didn't, but, and I just, I love talking about uh, comedy and yeah. I love talking about like working on stuff and cutting corners and all that stuff but it's just it's uh I, it's I, I I need to be careful about that kind of stuff so we're gonna get our shit together we're gonna get organized yeah. you know we're gonna get better and better and uh please join us on that ride uh reach out to us on uh you know at the, at, on email comics dot table at gmail dot com mm-hmm. uh go to our website uh we've got you can sign up for a newsletter I don't think anybody has done it so we've never done a newsletter but even if you're the only person that signs up for a newsletter i'll make a newsletter for you i don't care yeah or i think we're gonna have i i made a facebook page for the comics table yes, mike did. but yeah. i don't know if that's the thing we should do it might need to be a group uh, <laughs> we're figuring this stuff out guys yeah we don't know what the hell we we're don't doing know what the fuck we're doing uh, but we're gonna do it and we're gonna we're yeah. gonna get together and hey if you guys have tips I want to, I want to interact with the people that are interested more because yeah. I, I this piecemeal people kind of reaching out on Facebook it's it's nice and I love it but I want to really uh, talk to the people out there that are listening and um uh you know ha- have it be an interactive experience if you want if you want to passively listen passively listen that's fine I don't know the more we talk about all this I'm like you know what this sounds like a lot maybe we just maybe this is it maybe this maybe we just make this our last podcast Oh, shut the fuck up Patrick. No tweet at us Instagram yeah. us, uh, Tristan D. Smith. No, that's not a thing. <laughs> um, but definitely come if you're coming. <laughs> oh, Patrick's finally snapped. <laughs> if you are a uh, comic though uh, in New York and you want and you still do open mics, you should uh, come to our come to our yeah. open mic because it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, try to be good. Try to try to be supportive. Let's make it a good hang, you know? You know, like, but I, here's like the a... thing. I don't need to be one of those perfectionist rooms where people come and they're like, I've got all my polished jokes and I'm just going to do them no, over no, and over no, again. No. But uh, it come out and try fun. some shit, you know? That yeah. Thursday mic we used to have, there were certain days where it just felt like, I love these oh, people. Yeah. These are my friends. We're yes. all hanging out, I love watching it. each other. But I also miss some of the esoteric. I miss like Josh Darsky uh, dressing his balls up like Santa Claus and yeah. doing a set that way, man. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe we don't live in an era where you can do that anymore, but I found it to be a very fun set. Yeah, I miss Raleigh Moe getting all weird. I love Raleigh Moe. Love his weirdness. I love the uh, sheep in the plane. Yeah. Um, you know, I and, and, and yeah, Nick Milton, come on out. You, yeah, you've Nick been banned, Milton. finally banned from Laughing Buddha Comedy uh, with all of your friends. So you can come 
join yeah, us. Yeah, those guys are welcome. Yeah, everybody's uh, welcome. Nobody gets banned at our we'll mics. We'll get CW to play some guitar music oh, to I, open the show I, or something. I would, love, I would love CW Headley to come out yeah. and play some Negro spirituals for us. That would be great. Yeah, uh, I want to see I want to see that Japanese girl who came with the documentary crew and just like shook her tits on stage. You remember that? That night? was a fucking weird mess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I looked, love I love weird messes though, right? Yeah, weird messes are good. Uh, That's how I would... I just, just I want people pushing the limits of free speech and comedy and and just what what you can do artistically with with uh, with speech and make it funny. I think it'd be super fun if people started their Thursday nights out with us at the comics table, Mike. All right, guys, uh, you have been listening to the comics table. Um, I, uh, you know, please uh, reach out. You know, that's all I can say. Get yeah, just get in touch. send me a holiday card, please. That would be great. Uh, listen, everybody, that's sweet tea across the comics table for me. And that's sweet pea across the table for me. Yeah, it is. He's rubbing his belly. Oh, yeah, getting that lint out. Oh, man, pick it out of that belly button. Um, you've been our audience. This has been a, this has been a great year for podcasts. Yeah, we right? will see it in 2018. It's going to be a great year, guys. Happy New Year's. Be nice to yourselves. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Yep. Merry Christmas. And hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.